Welcome to a very special second episode of the Controlled Pairs podcast. Today we welcome my buddy Connor Hill, aka Blue Drake 42 to the show. We talk all things content creation, business, music, service, and especially his emerging project entitled Operation Harsh Doorstop. Stick around, you guys are going to enjoy this one. And if you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so now. And if you don't mind running over to the Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star review, I'd really, really appreciate that. It helps grow the show, get this out to more people. Blue Drake, what's up, man? How are you? Up. I'm doing very good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Really glad that you were uh, able to volunteer some of your time and come hang out for a few minutes and uh, share your thoughts on all things in the gaming industry and probably some more as we get going here volunteer your time because you are cooler than me so <laughs> i don't know why i mean this is this is the pleasure is 1000 percent on this side of the table outstanding well i i do appreciate you being here man um so i guess like start off because it is possible that there's people in the audience who are not familiar with your work i think that's unlikely but it's possible um so what yeah, is it sure. that uh, that you say you do what are you working on right now how did uh this all happen? Well, I mean, that also, uh, I, I think the, the honest answer to that question is it depends on the work you're talking about. Because I, I'd say that it's one of the things that I really like to do and that I strive to do is I, I just like to do as many cool things in as many different spaces as possible. Uh, that's how I became a YouTuber in the first place. It's not like I had a game plan. You know, back in the day, I was doing music. I was studying for my music degree. I, it's not like I was saying, oh man, I can't wait to be a YouTuber. So I just I just do so many different things across the board. Uh, game development is, over the past couple of years, a real big part of what I want to do and what I want to continue to do. Obviously, there's music, there's the media side, there's the YouTube side, many different pages, uh, working with many different communities. Uh, so I, I think that there's just a lot of a lot of different. It depends on who's asking. Are you? Do you want to know more about the the Operation Harsh Doorstop and the, and the tactical stuff? That's primarily so, what we're going to discuss today. I, I want to know. I want to know all of it. That's certainly like oh, in my no. mind the, the <laughs> cornerstone. But I yeah. definitely I came to the table, you know, well aware of Jahari and right. um, you know your presence on social media and in content creation. And I think that's how most people probably stumbled into you to begin with. Um, and certainly more recently, and Operation Harsh Doorstop. But I think what right. comes to mind, and and you know, you and I got the chance to hang out a couple weeks ago, which I really appreciated. What I, what yeah. I what I felt like um, we both had in common is that um, we're passionate about a lot of things and we yeah. kind of go in on all the, you know, all in on, on the things that we're super passionate about. So like, I definitely right. got the vibe Agreed. that you're, you're passionate about music, you're passionate about media, you're passionate about game development, you're passionate about business, right? Like you're passionate about yeah. not being, um, you know, not necessarily having a traditional nine to five. Business is the way five. that we get to do all those things. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta be into business if you so want to do the things you're have, passionate have about. Have you already, have you always been kind of, you know, entrepreneurially minded as it were? Did you have a formal education in it? Have you had side hustles growing up? Did you go to school for it? Kind of what was, uh, you know, your first Did I go to school job? for, for being an entrepreneur? Is that, I mean, yeah, uh, well, I mean, like, uh, did you do any business stuff? Did you do any marketing stuff? Did you knock on doors selling stuff growing up? Like, how did that all start? 
I, I'm very how, – how do I put this? This is going to sound super lame. I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound super lame. Perfect. But I think that everyone is an entrepreneur. I don't okay. think anybody is not. Even if you're working a nine-to-five job, in a way, that's you know entrepreneurialism or whatever work that is. Uh, and I, I've never really tried to think of myself as an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur. I'm just a guy that likes doing the stuff that I like to do. And, and I, I encourage everybody I meet to kind of look at themselves that way. You know, it's not like you have to be a certain kind of class of person in order to not have a nine to five job. Like a nine to five job is that's a choice. It's an entrepreneurial yeah. choice. Like you want to make, you're going out to make money. You're, you're filing those applications. You decide to go and do that job, but there's so many other things that you can do. So to, to break down your question, I guess if we're going to talk about like formal education, obviously I have a big background in music. I think a lot more than people realize, uh, not that that is, obviously a huge part of my career now i do have you know like the spotify band and everything which is really really cool but there was a large period of my life where i was working on sound engineering uh i was working on just musical theory i got a bachelor's degree in that uh i did yeah i got a bachelor's degree pretty formally educated Yeah, no, I have a bachelor's degree from Indiana University in uh, vocal performance. I did classical opera. I I did piano performance. I was a sound engineer. Yes, straight up. Yeah, like the whole whole shebang. I I toured in Italy uh, in a choir, in an operatic choir, and we sang in Italy. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. We went on tours. It's it's such a random aspect of me that doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't fit into the puzzle at all but it's true and that was a huge portion of my life uh but i think you know throughout that entire time i mean again like i say i don't really think of anybody as either an entrepreneur or a musician or anything because throughout all of that time i was really interested in technology i was really interested in computers really interested in video games and a lot of the stuff that i was doing it that I was working with, especially with the the sound engineering aspect of that, you're learning all of the, this different software. You're having to troubleshoot it. One of my first jobs out of, of out of college, I was a system administrator, and the reason I was a system administrator is because being a sound engineer, I have to constantly battle all of the hor- horrible software and the hardware and stuff. So yeah. learning how to get all of that working, I had a really strong. Um, I had a really strong kind of background in just working with computers, so I went into information technology. Hilariously enough, my sister is incredibly is 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 even more into the software side of things. Uh, she's seven years older than me. Grew up around her. Uh, we we both had a big interest in computers, and she went on and she actually graduated from the Massachusetts Institution of Technology. So she's an MIT grad. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, It was really awesome that she got that opportunity. So, you know, like when I'm, you know, not doing my operatic classical voice classes, I'm going to hang, hanging out at her dorm at MIT, (laughs) you know, with everybody. So a very, a very strange, multifaceted, abnormal environment, definitely to, to grow up in. And I think that's one of the things that helped me find a place on YouTube because being a YouTuber, like there's no clear path to that, right? Yeah. Like there's no, you don't go to school for it. It's not, 
it's just something that happens. And I think one of the best ways to make something like that happen, and I tell this to people all the time, and they're like, hey, how do I become a YouTuber? And it's like, don't think about being a YouTuber. Do as many things that you're interested in as possible. Spread yourself out. And when one of those things take off, focus on that. Yeah. You know, because even now you look at TikTok, you know, people that are TikTokers, yep. you know, back when everybody was excited about being a YouTuber, you know, nobody even realized that when they probably should have been trying to build a brand on TikTok, they were still trying to achieve this dream of being a YouTuber. Yep. And even before that, when I was just starting becoming a YouTuber, that was a period where nobody really thought that that was a legitimate career. My parents, obviously, were like, what are you doing? I, I had a huge – my parents were very skeptical about this whole career path. Now, of, of course, you know, they've, they've got, done a full 180, and they're like, yeah, wow, yeah, this yeah. is amazing. And, you know, I'm flying out yep. to these conferences and doing building this. You know, it's amazing. But um, the thing that you should probably be focusing on at any given time as an entrepreneur, as, you know, I don't know, just a person that is interested in business and pursuing your passions, the thing that you most likely should be focusing on is something that probably nobody knows about yet or nobody even knows that they should be focusing on yet. Um, so that's something that I that I really think is a big part of my mentality where even going forward, I'm always interested in exploring I'm always I'm always interested in ex in getting into places where I quote unquote shouldn't be and like yeah. and exploring genres that you know people are like well you can't do that you're a YouTuber and I'm like well that means I'm going to do that even more you know yeah, like that, I can do whatever I want sounds like an opportunity to me you <laughs> absolutely <know? laughs> and uh, and that's that's my objective you know like is to find spaces that haven't been saturated to find spaces where you know, maybe it doesn't make sense for me to be there at the time, but that means if if it doesn't make sense to anybody else that I should be there, that means that maybe there's something somebody like me could offer in that field that nobody else has done yet because there's so much, I don't know, either gatekeeping or, oh, yeah. you know, just or anything like that. And and that mentality's worked out really, really well. And, and I'm excited to continue moving in that direction, especially with game development um, and, and, and kind of merging the community ma management aspect and the influencer aspect with game development as well and kind of like bringing those two things together and even working with people like you and, and kind of like it, one, one of the things that I'm really excited about doing is kind of building a path, you know, and, and kind of pioneering, you know, cutting a path so that way other people who were in my position previously, you, Karma Kut, um, Shermanator, you know, just the, the whole entourage yeah. of, of yep. YouTubers and, and everybody. If I can do this, I can build a path so other people like you all can come in and also bring that value and, and help innovate in the same way that I, I know there is potential to innovate in that space as a community manager and as an influencer and a content creator. Um, so that's what I really want to do. That's, that's the current main thing on the foresight of my mind. That's really cool. I think, um, you know, I had Karma Cut on last month and I told him that, Love him. you know, yeah, absolutely. Huge, uh, huge friend of mine and, and of the channel. And he's been super awesome watching me. him grow. It's been yeah, incredible. And, I've been and, able to see him from, you know, before he had a thousand subs I, you know, oh I, my I God. Him from the very beginning and watching him so, go. It's crazy. That's what I thought was so funny. Cause I told Karma Cut, um, I was like, dude, you know, I've always looked up to you as a mentor talking to him. And then in the mm. course of our conversation, he talked about you and he was like, yeah, I always looked up to Blue Drake. And I was like, dude, 
Blue Drake has been doing this for a long damn time. Like um, I, I, I've been yeah. dabbling for a long time, but I've done the whole like full time career thing on the side. Um, so I've never gone like all in until more recently where I've had the opportunity to, to double down and, and put some extra effort into the content creation piece and learning the industry and expanding my professional aperture as it were. But while I was doing all those things and while Karma Cut was growing, you were like in the trenches already. Um, and so you've just, you've been exposed to the industry for a long time uh, and you've right. been, you know, on YouTube it's since it was profitable here. to be on YouTube. There's definitely people that have come before me, For but sure. yeah, it's, it's been a while. I don't like to think of myself cause I don't want to, I don't want to say that I'm a mentor to anybody. Cause I don't, I, I feel like if you are, that happens if, by if, accident. If you're, yeah, it happens by accident. I don't want to take credit for anything or say that like, I'm, you know, the reason that Karma Kut's successful, like he's, he's done, I, I think in many ways it's a mutual relationship because he's done all sorts of really, really cool things that I've kind of learned from, and we kind of learn from each other. And that's, you know, that's how it should be. That's, it's nice to have more people in this space. Cause I got to tell you, man, back in the day when it was, you know, the original OG game, Project Reality, you know, that yeah. started this whole thing. And I was one of the only people that was kind of doing what, what we all do now. Yeah. Um, it was lonely there for a while. I bet, being man. like the only, and it was like, it, since when Karma Kut started gaining traction, it was, I still remember the first time we were sitting there having a conversation kind of like about the business of what we do. Yeah. And it just clicked me. It clicked for me. And I was like, oh my God, I can finally have this conversation with another human being where it's like, haven't you already always noticed that like this happens with the community? Like, oh yeah, I saw that happen. I was like, oh my gosh, I can finally share all of this information. And it it's great having more people around that 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 have similar experiences that we can learn and grow from. It's so cool to have been there at the beginning when there's no one and it's very you know lonely and then having all these other people and now it's like this whole ecosystem and there's all it these is. different people doing different things it's so it's wonderful i love it it's it's really really great yeah and i mean i came to it you know much later but i um i definitely can empathize and relate to the idea of kind of feeling you know on an island or alone there in the beginning for a long time i feel like i grinded yeah. for a long time doing nothing and then someone right. commented on a youtube video at one point they're like hey dude you should have a discord and i was like man i'm busy with work and busy with the fam i just don't have time to like run a discord but i finally yeah. did it and i created a discord server there's like 100 people in it for like months and this was you know still probably sitting around a thousand subs or so um yeah and uh but then slowly but surely like these passionate people who i had all this in common with not even other content creators but just you know people who are fans of the channel um, yeah. who I immediately clicked with and became friends with and ended up sticking around for the long haul. Like those same people became like the moderators of the discord channel and they've become like yeah. friends and we're going to be, you know, hanging out, uh, in the real world and like actually spending time yeah. together. So like these legitimate friendships happen over time. And once you start culminating yeah. or, uh, you know, cultivating that ecosystem of friends, uh, and then right. and that grows to industry and it grows to content creators and mm -hmm. it, it ends up just being, um, you know, I'd hate to use the term family willy-nilly, no, but that's what no, it no, is. No. It is it, a family. It really yeah. is. I mean, and, and the thing is, is that I think that's something – back in the day when I used to try and sell people on Project Reality, you know, and it, when I was like – you know, back when there was no squad, there's nothing else. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you guys got to play this game. One of the things that I was always hitting on and, and one of the things that I think separates this from, from many other games, at least back in the day, you know, now it's yeah. funny because there's so many more games now that are like this. And I think it's because the formula – is successful but one of the things that's really cool about it is is unlike many other games at the time there's such a social element 
to this oh, game. Yeah. Where it's not just playing with people, but you've got to learn to work with other people. You've yeah. got to learn to understand other people. And, and, you know, in some ways, not even just in terms of the game, because obviously, you know, with Squad or Hell Let Loose or Project Reality or any of these things, you, there's an element of learning the squad, you know, how to work together in, like, in the game. But then beyond that, you know, running a server together, running a community sure. together, it, it's very highly social. And I think, especially during COVID, I definitely think, I mean, I... I do not regret. I, I have so many friends that I've made that I see more often now than many friends that I made back in like, you know, my college degree doing vo- vocal performance and stuff like yeah. that. It is very much like a, it's, it's a, there's a social element to it. Uh, and, and the cool thing about what we do with, with this genre is that when you play this game, I've, I've known people Heck, I hired people, but I, I've also seen people that that come in and they'll play. Even at the time, they'll play Project Reality. You know, they'll play it for a couple weeks and they'll find a job. Yeah. You know, like they'll find they'll literally they'll connect with someone and be like, oh, you know, you live locally and oh, you guys need work. That they'll find they'll find jobs. Like they'll get hired somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, there's been so many situations where like, oh, that's so cool. You met that guy. Oh, he was hired. Oh, that's so cool. Like there's jobs, there's opportunities, there's networking, there's friendships. There there's, is. Yeah, it's great. And it's something that I want going forward. It's something that I want to foster in video games even more. Like it's something that I, that was the spark within Project Reality and in that whole genre that I saw and that I was really excited about. And I think one of the biggest things that kind of clicked with me or, or the epiphany I had is like, you know, this is not something that's, that's just in project. This, this is not something that is, that has to only be in this game. This is something where it could be in, in other games or, 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 or multiple games, or my objective at this point is to take that formula and get it into the hands of as many people as possible. Yeah, because awesome. if there is a game like this where, I mean, it just it straight up improves people's lives. Like, it's crazy. This is where it gets kind of weird because I feel like I, I, I almost – I'm a little bit – I don't want to say emotional. It, it's almost like a – I feel very passionate about this. But if, if there's a game like this, that the, if this formula is something – that in my in my belief, firmly, it, it it improves people's lives. It really does through the social connection, the engagement, all that stuff. Then then the only objective that I think should be had is to get that experience to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, to grow this community, to make it as. And, and that's what I've always wanted to see. Even with Project Reality, I was really upset when Project Reality Two didn't pan out. I was really excited when mm. Squad like got its kind of foothold and it started building its community. Now I think that there's an opportunity to, for more games now that squad has really come into its own and it's been successful seeing hell let loose succeed by using that same formula has been incredible. And And I want to see, which is wild, right? I I want to see more of that. And not only do I want to see more of that, I want to see more games enabling people to come into the game and have an impact on it. Because one thing, you know, Hell Let Loose, incredible game, really, really love it. But one of the things that I've always been frustrated with it about is you have to play the experience they've created for you. 
you know like there's no mod tools there's no workshop there's nothing like that and i think one of the coolest things about project reality um and in a way to a lesser extent squad but squad is kind of a commercial project uh and it is kind of a little bit more um based around like a like a company whereas project reality was really just like this community-led where anybody anybody could make something and if it was good enough you know the rest of the developers would just vote be like yep that's in you know that the, the <laughs> fact that you could come into that community work hard and then have an immediate impact on improving that game i want to see that again i want to see that in a game again um in that same way that's that's that. a big focus for me the, yeah um and that kind of leads naturally into what is probably the meat of our conversation and what most people are tuning in to learn about. And that's uh, sure. obviously Operation Harsh Doorstop. And I have to kick yep. it off with, I, I don't know if you recall, but it was, I'm sure you do. It was probably nine months ago or so um, mm-hmm. when a, a, a small YouTube channel, a YouTuber that no one had ever heard of, made a video comparing you to Elon Musk. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, I do. And- I, I, I would never... I, I look up to Elon Musk. I think he's really, really cool. I would never compare myself to anybody. I think we're all unique. But it's very flattering, but I feel like it would be very narcissistic of me to be oh, like, yeah. yes, that's true. It was just, know, like, I'm not going to just... <laughs> yes, was, absolutely. So I I, uh, I wrote the script of that video just because I thought it was a hilarious take. But there were yeah, some yeah, yeah. there were some parallels there, like... Um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you've got your hands in a lot of things. You've got a huge vision for Operation Harsh Doorstop, which I look forward to hearing about here in a second. Um, and, uh, and man, I just look back at that video, like it was, it's just so different than the kind of content that I'm making now. Um, but it was yeah. so funny. I'll link that in the, uh, in the show notes. Well, you're also an go back and look badass. At it, but... <laughs> so what I need to do is make a video about controlled pairs and be oh, like, God. this is like, save me. It's an awesome badass. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but dude, yeah, so... I think. What is well, what, what is harsh doorstop? Okay, like yeah, what for for people who are tuning into this for the first time, um, you talked a lot about project reality. You yeah. know, what's what's the elevator pitch to the, the dude who has never heard of Operation Harsh Doorstop? Oh man, that's a tough one. I feel like I can sum it up for people who have like listened to the podcast up to now. You know, because obviously previously I said I want to get that experience. I want to get the experience that I had with with project reality into the hands of as many people as possible in as sustainable a way as possible in as future proof a way as possible. So I would say I guess to to sum it up as best I can, Operation Harsh Doorstop is a tactical shooter where the objective is to make a game that is a game that is so accessible that Every single person in the world can play it with no barrier to entry. Like, that is our number one priority. It's not about anything other than that. Um, And then beyond that, I want to create a game that is as future-proof and as sustainable as, as possible. So, for instance, there's a lot of tactical shooters right now where, you know, they're really, really good. But then they get abandoned in a couple of years, and then they create a new sequel. I really don't see any reason for that to happen. So the objective is to create a tactical shooter where it can get into the hands of as many people as possible with as little a a catch as possible. Obviously, we need to fund development. Obviously, we need to build a game. But I want to do that in a way that impedes people's ability to experience the game and to have an impact on the game as much as possible. Um, And then in addition to that, I wanted to build it in a way where we'll never have to make a sequel or or 
you know, it, making a sequel is going to be as low a priority as possible. That's one of the reasons I was really interested in Unreal Engine 4. Uh, yeah. I think that was one of the reasons that, you know, Will Stahl, when he started uh, Squad, that's why he was interested in Unreal Engine 4. Yeah. And I, I, watching Epic Games and also their mentality as well, I really relate to Epic's mentality. Um, I, I, I really like what they have done with Fortnite. Granted, Fortnite has nothing to do with um, with tactical shooters or anything like that. But how they've been able to make a game that is free, granted it has a couple of things like microtransactions and stuff like that that I don't entirely agree with, but I also totally understand why it's in there for that kind of game. And that's has they've used all of those resources to build upon this game development engine that then they, they give away for free, which is so yeah. incredible to me. Yeah. so incredible. And you can see now how their momentum has built in a way where Unreal Engine will probably continuously keep improving for, for so many years to come. And they've got this massive community around them as well, which I would like to think of us being a part of that community of indie developers, like taking this vision of theirs, taking this free, incredible tool and building upon that in ways that they can't. Maybe not because, you know, like obviously the developers at Epic are way better than us. I don't think anybody would disagree <laughs> with that. But they're also not the kind of people that can focus on creating every single genre and yeah. every single niche that Unreal Engine could possibly be. And yeah. I see Operation Harsh Doorstop as like, let's take Unreal Engine 4, let's make the ultimate tactical shooter, and let's share an Epic's vision to just have faith that our community is going to support us and that if people want this to happen, they will support this and make this happen. And let's give it away to everybody. And let's make this, as much as we can, just a communal effort of everybody coming together to build this ultimate thing that we can all share. And that can hopefully continue going on forever in ways that other games just haven't had the ability to do. For instance, Project Reality. I don't think... I, I think that if Project Reality had been built from the very beginning on Unreal Engine, I would not be surprised if there wouldn't be a number of games today, and it would still just be Project Reality continuously yeah. being yeah. built and improved upon in Unreal Engine. The fact that they were built on Battlefield 2's uh, engine which is, I, I can't remember, Fractal? I can't remember the exact engine It predates name, but the Frostbite, right? Yeah, they, they hit, yeah, it does predate Frostbite, yeah. And they hit these, these walls, and they just, it's so, the amount of effort that they have to put in in order to improve yeah. Project Reality by, like, just the smallest amount, like, if you were to take that amount of effort and put that into building on something on, on in Unreal Engine 4, like, you could just go so much further. And it's such a shame, because the way that they've structured that community and how for so many years it was able to sustain itself and be continuously built upon in this like never ending ongoing way. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And, and I want to do that with unreal engine four again. Um, I love it in a similar way and just, and just have that go on for maybe, I mean, not forever, I mean, we're all going to, the big meteor yeah. is going to come down and rip the entire <laughs> planet in half in a billion years or something, but, but essentially, as for as long yeah, as possible. Future-proof for all intents and purposes, for right, as long as right, we would right. need it to be reasonably. And I think right. there's there's people listening that are, you know, they kind of understand what Unreal Engine 4 is, but something that I didn't have my head completely wrapped around until we were hanging out in Orlando a few weeks back and got to interact with the team from Epic, and uh, yeah. it, it was 
exactly how big an impact um, the Unreal Engine has on, on the everything. industry, on on yeah. everything. I mean, think about th- these think days. About you're this. either building a game in Unity or you're building it yeah. in Unreal, and Unreal is free and it's powerful as hell, and it's being funded by kids who are playing Fortnite, and it's right. being distributed right. yep. for free. Yeah, by Epic, Incredible, and right? it's being used I, to make games. It's being used to make defense every, simulations. It's, it's, it's being like used Photoshop. to make art. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's uh, like, and and it's and it's accessible. You can go download. Anyone listening right now can anybody. go download Unreal Engine Four, watch some YouTube videos, and be making models and simple, you know, games in minutes. Right now, I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, it's pretty and wild. And you should. It's not yeah, just you that you can. You should. Like it is a tool. I keep telling everybody. That I, I feel like if if Unreal Engine continues improving at the rate that it has been, uh, anybody it, it it'll, it's going to be something that is going to be as widely used as Photoshop. In fact, I actually I don't know if you know this, and this is actually a quick tip. Maybe you you might use this. I actually use Unreal Engine to make thumbnails, ah. and the reason I use Unreal Engine to make thumbnails is because you can do 3D renders of different stuff. So it's like you know in Squad, right? You ever get to this point where it's like, man, I wish I had that exact angle of that tank yeah. so I could put it in the thing. You can in Unreal Engine, and it's really easy to get <laughs> like smart. two-dimensional renders that you can then utilize in thumbnail. Any angle, full control, any lighting, whatever you want. It's incredible. So it's not yeah. just – Unreal Engine is not just something that's for game developers, and that's something I have to beat in everybody's head. Yeah, it's, it's like, a tool. It's, you, can, you can use it for anything. You really can. Um, and I'm not sure if I – you know, talking more about like the impact that they've had on the world, I don't know if I said this to you while we were on the floor at the exhibition that we were at. I, I might have, but I'll just reiterate it here where it was like imagine how many of those companies wouldn't even be there if unreal engine didn't oh my god yeah like it was i mean it was what like a third of the floor at at least least. yeah at at least least a third of the floor and and you know when when you have built something when they have built something that has had that big of an impact on the world i feel like it's just impossible to deny what that methodology like what that mentality that they have like how much that can do good or like how much of an impact that can have on the world, like creating something like that and not focusing on just grinding your users away for money or, or anything like, but just using it to put out into the world so people can make their lives better. So people can take it and make something themselves. Like that's the ultimate vision. I want to do that for tactical gaming. I want to do it yeah. so bad. And here's the funny thing. I want that so bad that I don't care. So so many people there they they say, you know, well what do you what's going to happen if somebody else does this? You know, what what happens if you come out with Operation Harsh Doorstop and somebody else does the exact same thing and they put it out? But like I will be the first one to play that game. Like yeah. absolutely, 100%. I want it, I want that so bad. I don't care who does it. Doesn't even have to be me. I didn't even Dude. want it to be me. You have any was idea? It, this has been, this has been so today? much money and work, and like it's been very difficult. Uh, I sorry, laughed what? when I launched my YouTube, uh, like my browser today, and YouTube came up, and uh, your video was in my recommended feed, and it was like either whatever you published today or yesterday, and it was like the thumbnail was like, "Is this the game that's going to kill my game?" And right, it's like right, I right. like obviously <laughs> like. Yes, it was clickbaity, but that's how YouTube yeah. works, and it's still like a quality video, and you guys should still go watch it. But I clicked it, obviously. So excellent right, title, thumbnail sure. combo. Twenty percent uh, click through rate, by the way, on that. I'm saying yeah, very it was fantastic. Well done. <laughs> um, but no, so you you mentioning like I'd be the first one to to do that. I, I I do. I always admire that you're kind of on the bleeding edge of tech demos and indie projects and like you yeah. know emerging things that are doing innovative things 
differently. And, and so it's not right. just about, um, you know, you, you obviously want to be successful and you have been, but you're not doing it necessarily at the expense of anyone else. And, and you're happy seeing the community, the ecosystem, you know what's, and even you know what's your funny? competitors thrive. I'm not even sure if I want to be successful. I feel like my <laughs> success is entirely an accident. Like I have not, <laughs> this was not yeah. something that I actually, I was, I was not the person that was like, man, I can't wait to like come out here and make as much money as possible. Like yeah. I have not had that mentality. I mean, come on, man. I got a music degree. You think I was caring about money <laughs> back yeah. then? And it's so funny because it's a, it's a catch 22. Like, it's such a inverted mentality because you see this across the board. You know, you brought up Elon Musk uh, previously. When you look at Elon, I, I don't even think his objective is to make money. Like, I don't think nah. – and, 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 and it's kind of funny. And, and speaking of which, to go Who's back, to I was going to Mars say this previously. Right, right. I was going to say this previously. I don't think that, like, everybody should look at, like, Elon Musk and be like, oh, man, I want to be like Elon Musk. Like, uh, it, it, not, not – I, I don't think people should, like – what's what's the word like idolize people like that i think elon i think he would agree with me as well elon musk his mentality i think as many people in the world should have that mentality as well like that that should not be something where it's like oh well you know I, I would be that way, but I don't want to be too much like Elon Musk. Like it's not, it, or or like you know, Elon yeah. Musk already did it. I think everyone should have that mindset. Everyone God, yes, should have that dude. mentality. It's like find something that you're passionate about and do whatever you have to do to make that happen. And Brother. do as many things as you want to do. Don't sit there and be like, oh well, you know, I'm this, so I can't be that, dude. My son's here. F that. Like, do what you want. <laughs> Pursue what you want. Yeah. Who cares how many, you know, how many things you're doing simultaneously or whatever? Just have that. If if you care about it and you want to do it, do that. And I don't think that should be something where like that's the Elon Musk mentality or that's the Blue Drake mentality. Like that's just a good mentality. And just everyone, everyone should 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 have that mentality. And in order to achieve the things that you want to achieve. And and then in addition to that, discussing, you know, like the goals of success and talking about the catch-22 of that, the most successful people that I have ever met consistently have never thought about money, especially yeah. not at the beginning. That yep. was that was never the plan. And some and, and most of the people that I've seen who have lost money the fastest were the people whose primary objective was to, was to make money, you know, yeah. like that's, and, and I think one of the reasons there is a catch 22 about that is m all money is, is just an indication of value, right? That's all it is. It's just like our construct to say, oh, this service has value or this product sure. has value. And in a way, the only way we can really find things that have value are if, if we find things that we would really want ourselves. You know, if I say, man, I would really, really want that. I really, really want that. And I look around and it doesn't exist, right? It doesn't exist. That yeah. means that that's something that nobody has done yet. That if I make, not only am I going to be happy because I finally got the thing that I want, but I can share it with everybody else. And I know they're going to want it because I know there's a lot of people out there like me versus 
a lot of people whose objective is to make money, and I see this a lot. I see this in venture capitalist firms. I see this with like investors. The way that they make money is they look at things that were previously successful. So like battle passes, skins, stuff like that, right? <laughs> the reason everybody wants to invest in that, the reason every single time you'll talk to a, a VC or everybody, the way they operate is they're like, well, let's look in the past at things that have made money and let's just do that again. But the problem is, is that doesn't work because if something already exists or if something has already been done, that market's saturated. So there's no real way to like say, oh, my only objective is to make money and I don't really care about you know, the industry or the product or anything like that. I just want to copy other people that have been successful. It's never, it's never going to work because without that, that kind of like inner drive, that inner mentality of like, I want to create something that I want that doesn't exist yet. Without that inner drive, you're not going to be able to build something that people really want. And I think that's why I am just so committed to that mentality where if everybody's like, why aren't you worried about money? And it's like, dude, the first second, the first second I start shifting my priorities to be money, I'm going to lose track of, of, of this. I'm going to lose, I'm the, I'm going to lose the scent of this trail of of what I know people are going to want. Yeah. Uh, the second I start thinking about, well, how am I going to get money out of people? I'm going to lose that vision that I know everyone's going to rally behind. Absolutely. So that's the main objective. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a leadership thing too, right? Like the, mm. any organization, organizations need money to function. They, they do. Uh, and, and game development studios need money to function. And Operation Harsh Doorstop takes money to develop. Um, but at the same time, like as, as a leader, your job is to provide the vision for the organization. It's not right. to, you know, the priority isn't money. The priority is the end state. It's the vision. It's, in your words, it's an accessible and future-proof tactical shooter uh, yeah. that, that you can rapidly deliver to anyone in the world that can right. survive indefinitely. Yeah. Um, and if that's the vision, you don't, and it becomes money-motivated, then you put that entire vision at in risk. Jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And yeah, you, you get it. You spoke to the. Uh, That's why I like talking to you. You you understand. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, and it's the same in business. It's the same in the military. It's uh, right. any anytime you have an organization, there's a leader, and that leader's job is to provide the vision. But that that leader needs a team, right? And right. I, know I don't really think yourself. about leadership either. I feel like I feel like as long as you focus on the vision, yeah. people just rally to that, right? As yeah. well, and then like well, then I you, never you need buy... a goons. That's why you, that's why you get a goons. I do. To I do have straight, a goons, you know? and it's really incredible. <laughs> but I think I think one of the reasons goons works with me, it's not like I went out and I was like, all right, I need to assemble a team. Everyone yeah. on my team, we have the same vision. You know, in yeah. a way, I don't even really see myself as a leader. We're just all here and we yeah. all want the same thing. You know, like if if I let me put it this way, if I were to cut, you could ask Gooms, he'll tell he'll tell you himself. If I was like tomorrow, like, yo, Gooms, we're going to turn this ship right around and we're going to do skins and we're going to do <laughs> battle passes and we're going to lock this all down. Dude, he would be gone in oh, a yeah. second. You know, like it, there there's there's definitely an element of loyalty, but the loyalty is because they know that I believe in the same things that they believe in. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that's been like infectious and and that's one of the things that makes us so effective at building a team and, and, and being able to to get so many people so motivated about accomplishing this is because it's not about 
yo, hey, let's all work for Blue Drake. It's like, yo, let's all band together and make this damn thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like it's, yeah. it's, we're all here to make this thing that we want. It's not about like being under anybody's banner or anything like that. It's like, let's just make this damn product <laughs> so we can get it out and ha- it. finally have this thing that we all want so we can, you know, make things even cooler yeah. over time. But the yeah. The thing yeah. You, uh, you mentioned there was just the idea of like being driven and doing what you love. That's a theme that has come up several times. And, I mean, God, it's been such a huge part of my life. I think it's so, so, so important for people to figure out what they love and what they're good at and what they're passionate about and just pour themselves in it and look for something to pop. And when it does, just freaking pour gas on it. Like, just jump in. Yeah. Um, That's where we're at right now. It's like, just bring me as much gas as possible. So, and like, (laughs) yes, this is a podcast where, like, I talk about service and games and technology and simulations and tactical shooters. Like, that's the stuff that we naturally talk about here. Um, But it's true of anything. Like, if that's traveling Italy and singing freaking opera, then freaking send it. If it's starting a business, then send it. it. Like if if it's you know working in venture capital, then do it. If it's getting an advanced yeah. degree and pursuing academics, then do it. If it's going into law enforcement, then do it. If it's going into special operations, then do it. Like whatever yeah. that is, that's going to drive you. Like go all in. Life is if short. I'm in my 30s right now, yeah. and like I'm so grateful that I, I look at too. yeah right. I, I look at like <laughs> the last 15 years of my life. And yeah. just realize how lucky I was to accidentally make the decisions that I made to get yeah. me where I am. Because I could have made any yeah. other series of decisions right. and not be where I'm at right now and be freaking yeah. miserable. But instead, I got lucky. Yeah. And uh, by, well, by, well, I mean, yes, I worked hard, but I'm thinking like, God, all the trouble the that I managed to dodge. And like, <laughs> decisions. There's definitely an element of luck, but there's, there's an element of, you know, it's you. You're yeah. where you're at because... Like I said, you know, a lot of the people that I that I used to work with, because it, you know, it's every day, right? Like it's every day you gotta be thinking about where you want to be, right? It's mm-hmm. not like it's not like you just flip a switch tomorrow and you're like I want to be a YouTuber. It's like, man, I'm gonna make the decisions that are gonna steer t- me towards that path. Uh, even if you don't know you want to be a YouTuber, but you want to do something bigger, greater, or different, every single day you gotta you gotta make decisions to steer yourself closer to that. And there's a lot of other people, you know, that I've known where they kind of had this dream to do some of these things that you know we've gotten the opportunity to do. But every single day they would make opportunities that would they would they would make decisions that would steer them in the opposite direction. You know, like yeah. we said before, like a nine to five job, like everybody's an entrepreneur. If you're an entrepreneur that chooses to get a nine to five job and you're unhappy with that, know that you have the power to not do that. You know, know that you have the power to every single day make decisions that steer you out of that environment. So, you know, there is an element of luck, but I think there is also an element of steering yourself, of steering yourself away from those things that you know you don't want to do. So, yeah. Yeah. I've I've got buddies who, um, you know, they're so successful and they're crushing it, but you know, they sold right. their souls to get advanced right. business degrees and go into to finance and they're just working ninety hour weeks, just slaving away yeah. and making tons of money, but they're freaking miserable, you right. know. Right. Uh, right. and I just uh I feel for them, man. I really do. Yeah. Um yeah. so do what you love, folks, if there's a, a mantra there. Um, but I d- I do want to pivot back onto Operation Hard Store stuff because I think sure. there's people who probably haven't played it. I've managed to get into a couple yeah. of play tests. I have not gotten into one recently. So far, we know this is a super accessible. Heads up, by the way. 
Yes. I, I will tangent. So like, keep me. Oh no, on you're fine. Whatever track I like, you want me to be on. No, dude, you're good. You're good. We'll be here um, talking about like artificial intelligence and robots. And, we like, can talk about that too. You don't. <laughs> no, but we shouldn't. Like, whatever you think this should be, keep me on yeah, task. All right. No, you're you good, just man. Told me to shut up. All right. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Continue. So, so we know OHD is a super accessible. It is a future-proof tactical shooter. Hopefully, that you are going to distribute for free yeah what is the scope like if if someone's to jump into this game right as now what are they possible what are they playing right now what's the right now, what's the gameplay will, loop so what's the I'm theater really, is it multiplayer yeah. is it single players there you know so talk there's to me a couple about of the things game. there's a couple of things to take into consideration here uh first off i'm really excited about where we're at right now because i've said this before we kind of look at our our big milestones as like reaching parity level as we call it with other games because that's the idea like we're going to make this game for free right we're going to put it out there and that means it's going to be really really hard maybe even harder than like studios that have like big budgets uh in order yeah. to achieve some of the features that these big big studios have been able to achieve so every single milestone we look at is a big success and we've kind of we've kind of made this little ladder for ourselves where the first version of the game that we set it that we set out that we were like okay we got to make this first was did you ever play the original insurgency like on source oh yeah not the mod but like yep. the game yeah our objective is our first milestone is to make a game that is on parity with that so nice. like it's got roughly the same number of features it's got the same game feel all that then you know the next level sandstorm which you know had a couple of additional features but you know it still wasn't you know like an arma or anything like that and then the next level is like something like squad or hell at loose next level something like arma uh you know where it's very like broad mission editor stuff like that and then just continue setting all of our expectations of having every single major version of the game be kind of like a fully playable snapshot of that state of that milestone because we never we don't want to make a game where it's we're going to be like hey yeah it's going to be kind of like half playable for the next 10 years until we reach this magical point yeah. where everything's done right if this is going to be a game and this is something that i kind of have to correct people on because people are like well what is this going to look like when it's done it's like it's, that's like asking what my youtube channel is going to look like when it's done it's not it's not nothing it's not going to be done right like the youtube channel everything it's going to be a constantly evolving expanding experience hopefully for forever but that also means i don't want to create a game that's going to feel like a half-baked incomplete experience for the rest of its lifespan which is why sure. these milestones are so important so this first version of the game that you can get into right now uh especially in the coming weeks in the coming weeks we're locking down and we're going to be hitting like our first on parody milestone okay. where it's going to feel like a complete game within that tier and the object the objective is you're going to be able to get in you're going to be able to have all of these different weapons you're going to be able to shoot some bots you're going to be able to have some nice single player gameplay you're going to be able to have multiplayer servers with up to 64 people you can shoot at each other uh playing kind of like a standard advanced and secure okay. game mode um and that's going to be and, and it'll also have mod support you can have custom levels stuff like that that's going to be the first experience humble small highly playable highly fun not the biggest, most amazing, incredible, okay. huge thing in the world. How do people but, get into that, and when can they expect to get into that level, that tier? <sighs> okay, well, this is when are you really when are you releasing this podcast? Because we've had some things that we were gonna wait to announce. Uh, Christmas Day is what I'm aiming, but I can do it later if you need me to. 
That might be close. All right, look, I'll I'll tease it here because not <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll we'll see we'll see. I'll, I'll maybe I don't know if I should ask. Gooms him. is in the audience. You know he can veto in okay. stage chat. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll just he'll just come in and just be like, "Don't say that." I don't think he really cares. Well, we because who knows, right? Like, there's some things we play close to our chest. There's some things we don't. Sometimes yeah. we're we're not really sure if we should play close to our chest or not. So our objective is in January, we are going to release the first free version of the game that's going to be out forever. Wow. Um, we haven't said this yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have now. Now it's going to come out as a Steam demo. Okay. But. The Steam, because here's the problem, right? We don't want to release into early access because there's lots of things, there's lots of reasons why we don't want to do that, but we sure. do want to put out a free version of the game. Um, and Steam's demo system is, is actually perfect for this. Uh, and there's lots of reasons we don't want to release the full game because we're still working on like anti cheat. We're still working on, you know, like uh, the multiplayer infrastructure. Because the last thing we want to do is put out this game and have it be, you know, uh, a game where the multiplayer experience isn't maybe not necessarily entirely polished, but like is very exploitable, you know, sure. like where you have a bunch of like hackers or, you know, exploitive people. So yeah. we're actually going to be putting out a single player version of the game as the demo permanently first in the beginning of 2022. Okay. So. Beginning of 2022, Steam demo comes out. It's going to have all the maps that are currently in the game. It's going to have all the weapons that are currently in the game, uh, and it's going to be out forever. And we're, uh, our, that's what we're going to do is we're going to say, hey, look, it's it's not it's not everything that you know we're going to be able to do over time. Yeah. But we're going to take this and we're going to like here's a taste. Here's the full single player game in its current state. Get this into as many people as hands as possible so Love people it. can. And it's to show a good faith because there, I feel right. like there's been a lot of naysayers through this whole process. Right, like, oh, there's no way. It, it is really funny because we're at this point now where people are still saying that this is impossible. That like, and it's like, it's we're, like we're all it's, they're clearly we've already not paying attention to your updates. We've already done the things that they said we couldn't do. Like, yeah. it's already they're like, oh, he could never do that. It's like, dude, that's been in the game for like three months now. You got to get off it. Yeah. You know, like we're already there. Um, so our objective is here soon. We're gonna release the first free version of the game, and it's gonna be like, here it is. Here's the first. Here's the first foothold. It's okay. it's there. It's out there. It's on the internet. Play it. Have a good time. Give us feedback. Mod it. You know, whatever you got to do. That's cool. Um, and then from there, we're just going to continue growing and continue building. And then hopefully, again, I, I do not do timelines. I do not do timelines. Everything is subject to change. Yeah. I am not a big studio with billions of dollars so I can like guarantee <laughs> that we're going to hit anything. We're hoping to release the first early access version of the game sometime in mid 2022. Um, awesome. That is a target. I am not going to promise that we're going to hit that. In fact, I'm expecting that we won't, but we'll see. Uh, and it also depends on how much people are going to want in the game. Cause I want to have the first launch version of this game a version of the game where it is so much fun even in an early state that it starts snowballing right yeah i don't yeah. want to come out of ver i don't want to come out with a version of the game where people are like oh well why should i play this when i can play x right yeah because there are things that i know that we're gonna do that we can do where yeah okay there's squad there's hell at loose there's arma but like you're still gonna want to play this because we have x x and x and like yeah. yeah they have y y and y but like they don't have what we have and they're not free. You know, like that's, I want to get to a point where we are all just very confident that this is like, 
we're going to have the best launch ever. And that's one of the reasons I really like the Patreon is because unlike other studios, as long as we have enough supporters, we can take as long as we need to get to that point. Like, sure. it's not like, hey, man, we got to drop a launch date next week out of nowhere. Here we go. Here's a game because we need money really bad. <laughs> like, we want to build. I feel like you were uh, alluding to something there. No, no. Hey, shh. <laughs> What's the date right now? Say, We're recording on the. I uh... didn't say a single name. <laughs> I did not call out anybody. All right, but that's something that I wanted to build a business model where we don't have to do that. Yeah. Where like I can look my community in the eye, and then they're going to be like, "Well, how long are you guys going to take?" And I'm going to be like, "As long as it needs to," and I'm serious about that. Because a lot of studios say that, right? And then they don't really mean it. It's like, oh, we're going to take yeah. as long as we want. And then they run out of money and then it's gone. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, let's just drop this half-baked project. So like, th I this demo in January yeah. and then the the first, you know, release that you're targeting for mid and right. or later and or indefinitely 2022. Um, yeah, sometime. What theater are you planning to include in those releases? Is that like the, the modern so one the that you're working with? The, okay. Yeah, so so I mean, because for those people that are listening to this for the first time, you're not familiar with Operation Harsh Doorstop. Obviously, go look it up like right now. Um, but OHD cover. I mean, they've got they're working what World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, uh, like a '90s era, and then a more modern like contemporary era. Is that is that right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I could sit here and tell you like what will be included and what will not be included. But again, the scope I, I is have huge. To, is the bottom. I line. have to reiterate this. Well, there is no, there is no real set scope. Like, okay, let, you know, it's funny because everybody's. It's so odd. You were saying previously how I've been in this for like forever, right? Yeah. And it's so odd to me to be working with people now where they're like, oh man, you're going to have World War II and Vietnam and Modern Warfare all in the same game. Like nobody's ever done that before. And I'm like. Project Reality did it. <laughs> like, it's true. It's, if you go download Project Reality That's right true. now, it's got Vietnam, World War II, yeah. IDF, like like insurgents. Yeah. Like it's got everything. It's got and you could play it's all got of them on the same stuff. server. It's got, yeah, and all on the same server. Yeah, it's yeah. not like oh a DLC. It's like one game with yeah. World War II, Vietnam, many different versions of World War II. Or yeah. no, no, sorry, of of. Well, yeah, of World War II as well and Modern Warfare where you've got like the IDF versus Gaza with like the insurgency campaign. And yeah. then you've also got like the, the Germany versus Russia with like – and there's many different – you know, some of them are kind of like near future. Some of them are kind of more in the Gulf War era. Like there's a lot – like this is – everybody thinks that I'm breaking new ground. I'm really not. And the fact that we're in this state with the industry where everybody has forgotten that that is how it used to be is kind of disturbing to me. Yeah. Like now that That's we're true. at this point and they're like, you're not going to have battle passes and skins and you're going to release a free game. And it's like, dude, I grew up on that. Like, where were you all for the 10 years that I would like in my formative years where yeah, I grew up? In that environment, I guess taking all that for granted, I guess, because like, you know, back in the day, Project Reality, like that was one of the best looking games in that in Battlefield 2, when Battlefield 2 came out and like that was that was back when that Battlefield 2 was one of the best looking games in the market. Right. So, you know, when Project Reality came out and it had all this content like there, I mean, there was no squad, there was no hell at loose. There was Crisis, if you could maybe run that, maybe. <laughs> but it didn't have, like, the kind of scope that Project Reality had. Like, that was one of the best-looking games as well sure. at the it, time. God, that and was a meme for so long. Like, can you rig run right. Crisis, bro? Right, right, yeah. Oh, and, and it's and so like, funny. 
so you know that came out and i grew up on this game that was completely free with all these different theaters of war that looked amazing and this is why i also say that like if project reality was on unreal engine 4 it would probably look like what harsh doorstop looks like now sure because they would have continuously been improving that for you know forever um so that's that's kind of the same thing that i want to do with operation harsh doorstop the demo is going to come out um and it's going to have all of that content but that's just the tip of the iceberg like we're not even getting started in fact the only thing and this is actually the same thing that the project reality developers had to worry about what we're what we're probably going to have to end up doing which i actually think is going to be really really cool because everybody's like oh well, what's going to happen when you have all these maps and theaters of war you're gonna have like a 200 gigabyte game and i'm like no i'm not because the way project reality worked is when they put in new maps mm -hmm. they would actually take out the old ones how does that work it, what do you mean? How it, how does it like, work? That's how it works. So you, 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 the, the content you just disappears. Well, it doesn't disappear because what would happen? This was actually a big. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what happened with Project Reality, and then I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. Okay. Because I think I think it's gonna be kind of better with Project Reality. Yeah. Like what would happen is, um, what did they have? They had this old map that I loved and was awesome. They they took it out. Um, because there's a couple of maps like Mutra and like Silent Eagle that have been in there for forever. But there was a couple of maps. It was called like Sun U or something like that. I can't remember, but it was like a really good map. And they took it out. I was really upset. <laughs> but what would happen is uh, they would, you know, release every major version of the game and it would have the map list for that version. And, you know, older maps after a time, you know, they're not updated. They're not, you know, yeah. they, would, they would just phase out. But, you know, you could still get them. You know, you could either download the old. And actually one of the things that our community did that was a big aspect of me like growing our community and growing my YouTube channel is we would do events where we would actually get the old PR maps and update them to the latest version and do special events where we would play That's those cool. maps. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I plan on doing. With Operation Harsh Doorstop, obviously there's always going to be like the core experience with like the core set of maps. Um, but we can't just have like a billion maps in there and like, it's going to be like, you know, 300 gigabytes of content. Like nobody's going to download that. Yeah. What we're probably going to do is we're probably always going to have around like 50 gigabytes of content. So I don't know, like 10, 20 maps, something like that. Sure. Uh, and all of the maps that get cycled out, we're probably just going to put them up on the steam workshop afterwards. Oh, that's smart. So if like people yeah, want so it's to like, run them either yeah, single so player it's like, or run their own want, servers, they could. Yeah. It's like, so here's like the main map list. And like, this is what all the vanilla servers are going to be running. And nice. like, you know, let's say we do an update and it's like, okay, this map is all like, for instance, all of the maps that we currently have for that are, uh, because one of the reasons we wanted to do these were, was both from an internal standpoint and from a marketing standpoint, sure. uh, because obviously when we started the game, we did the Gulf war stuff. Right. Yep. And then immediately everybody's like, oh, it's going to be a Gulf war game. And we're like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> you know? So like one of the things we're immediately that we immediately did is we were like, well, we have to do this anyways. We got to do an art test for all of these different expansions that we're planning yeah. on doing. So we made all of these because the, the main maps like, like Kafchi and Rasala, like they're like, you know, two kilometers, the, the, all of the current maps that we have for all of like the quote unquote expansions or like the other theaters were they're like really sure. small. And that's because all of those maps are art tests. Those will probably be one of the first maps that we phase out. So like right now we're working on the invasion of Normandy for the world war two stuff. Yep. So that's going to be one of the first like official maps for that set that we're going to release. And we're going to start phasing out the, the older maps, and then we're going to put them up on the Steam Workshop. And, awesome. and then, yeah, just to reiterate, like the way it's going to work is we're going to release the game. It'll continuously update. There's going to be a main set of maps. Uh, I don't like losing 
you know stuff like i, I again Content, you know people yeah. yeah people put all that work into that map that was that was to say i i used to get into it with some of the pr devs and i'm like you guys are just gonna kill that map like how many hours <laughs> did we all put into making that yeah. stuff like you know you had the mapper make it and then the community gave feedback on it and then like all these community members came and like tweaked it now it's gone like i was really upset about that so we're probably just gonna leverage steam's workshop and we're just gonna put the maps up there That's which is cool. gonna give more content i think for you know the content creators and like you know like maybe you can have a server and it's like hey this modded server is like all the old maps and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, um, it gives you a starting just, place for mods because you can pull those right, maps exactly. and just start adding to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set yeah. Them buildings up, and, shoot um, house, like whatever, you know? Right. And then we just keep doing that forever. Um, and I think that's a really good business model. I think, I think it's really cool because it kind of like, obviously having time-limited content, I think is really, really effective just for keeping people engaged. It is. It keeps uh, it fresh. From a, yeah, so there's an element of that. Like Fortnite, obviously, is a master at this because oh, yeah. every single time you you go in, like there's this whole storyline narrative for the map, and the map is constantly changing. And then, like you know, you need to get in and play right now, or you're never going to see this version of the map again. And they yeah. do really cool events, and it's like really high production value. Um, one of the things that sucks is obviously as they update it, you'll never be able to play those old maps again. Yep. I think with us, it's kind of a cool combo because we'll still have like these time limited events where it's like, hey, you know, you got to play this now because it may not be in the game forever. Uh, but when it's not in the game, like unlike Fortnite where it just disappears into the ether, you'll still be able to play it. Like we're still going to put it in a space where you can still access it on the Steam Workshop and play with it if you want. That's uh, and I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the plan. And then we just do that forever. So um, this is all like, it, it's a ton of work, right? You're describing multiple the right. theaters of war. You're talking about years probably of development, uh, something that, right. that lasts forever. None of this yeah. is free, but you're giving away a game for free. How right. is it funded? If you want, How do people become yeah. involved? Okay, cool. Where do they go to support you in the development of the game? Yeah, I was about to to, to uh, explain that as well because I figured that was going to be a, a natural next well, question. What yeah, because um, like the natural question is like what, what's being described, and you and I have had this conversation many times, um, but it seems impossible. Everything you're describing I don't think it is. sounds yeah, impossible. I, until no, so you put it this until you Let me get the pitch and, and we talk and, and you kind of explain how it all works. And it makes sense to me now, but yeah. it's still uh, it's a <laughs> mental leap that people have to take. <laughs> One of the reasons I don't like talking about this as well is because cause a lot of people say it's like, oh, Blue Drake, he's just like doing this Hail Mary and like there's no way this is ever going to work out. I am so confident that this is going to work that like I don't want to tell people why I think it's going to work because I'm afraid that if once everybody figures out what our plan is, this will become the new standard. Like that's, I'm so confident that this is going to work that not only do I think it's going to work, but once we pull this off, everyone will start copying us. It's a bold because, statement. No, absolutely. No. And I, I, and when, when I see, even now I am really, I don't know if I want to go into detail about it because like, <laughs> I am afraid that everybody's going to do this, but, but I will because I like you and because you're really good at getting that information. Out the audience appreciates that. Little, um but here's why i think this is going to work so uh, let me let me explain a few things so the game will be free obviously we have our patreon um in addition to this steam actually has rules uh because we do plan on having hold on can you still hear me yep okay my, my screen just blacked out i guess my computer was about to go to sleep oh. um and talking so long without touching the keyboard or the mouse <laughs> um but uh, obviously with the patreon the way it's going to work is we're going to have a whole bunch of different perks for, for the Patreon supporters. One of the biggest ones is that they're going to get access to new updates before they're, before they're added to the main game. Um, because of this, Steam 
they require us to make some kind of like purchase. So we will have it so the game is free, but there will be like a single DLC that is basically like a donation where sure. you can donate to that and then you can get some perks. Uh, and then in addition to that, we might have it so, uh, for especially for the expansions, because like I said before, we're going to be doing World War II, Vietnam, all sorts of stuff like that, where um, we're going to basically have like uh, uh, like like alpha periods or kind of, kind of like it, it's literally the exact same way that it is now. Like with Operation Harsh Doorstop, it's going to be free, but if you want to get access to it right now, you can you know, pay a small fee and, and play the version, the work in progress version yeah. that is there right now. We're going to be doing that for basically every major update in every theater of war where it's like, okay, you know, like we're working on, you know, the invasion of Normandy and like this big campaign for world war two. And it's like, it might take us like six months to a year to make this. So if you want access to this time, you know, $5, something like that, or just support us on Patreon and then you'll get access to all the updates. And then when they're done, we just, you know, put them in the base game. Um, so that's, that's going to be a big kind of like backbone element to the monetization, but that's not really the main business model because the main business model is this. I'm not sure if you know this, I'm a YouTuber. I know uh, you're, you're a YouTuber (laughs) as well. I don't know if you knew that you were a YouTuber. I I would say that for, for, for me and you, we are a business model that the industry does not entirely understand yet. Uh, Very much so when I started. In fact, when I started my career back in the day, and I actually started seeing the path where I was like, oh my gosh, uploading videos about video games and building a community in this way, like that you could turn that into a business. And I started to realize that not only did everybody else that I was surrounded by thought that that was impossible, but they thought it was so impossible that the entire time that I was working towards that, they would just ceaselessly make fun of me. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, and make it's, the starting point was making fun of me. The maximum point, and this was definitely the case with, like, many developers from, like, other studios and stuff. Like, it got to a point where they would be actively malicious, where yeah. it's not like, oh, Blue Drake, he's so funny. He thinks he can achieve that. It's like Blue Drake is insert expletive here because he thinks that he can do this and he thinks he's so cool that like people get angry about it um but now look at where we are and look at how the perception of what we do within the industry has completely changed sure where in the beginning it was something where everybody was like there's no way that could work they're all crazy none of them have value it's just and now it's at this point where influencers and content creators are becoming the backbone of this entire industry where it's getting to the point where many of these video games are made or broken by the content creators that shine lights on them or or even more so builds builds a community for them um so so the perception of that is completely changed for sure in that same vein well there's no uh there's no conventional media right like there's no right the news isn't covering AAA releases. The only media option right. is, you know, content creators. Right. Yeah. You know, like Fox News isn't going to be like, "Yo, Battlefield," you know, <laughs> or yeah. if they, or if they are, it's not for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so you know, the perception of of our business of the legitimacy of our business model throughout this entire period has completely changed. What I am doing right now, I expect 
is going to have a similar trajectory where it's going to start out and everybody's going to be like, ah, oh, that's completely impossible. And then as we continue gaining momentum, people are going to be like, okay, well, not only is that impossible, but now I'm angry at them for them even thinking that they could accomplish this. But once we actually achieve this, I have a feeling it's going to have a similar pivoting of perspective. And one of the reasons I think that's going to happen is, is, is this. Um, with me being a content creator, with you being a content creator, a big aspect big, 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 big aspect of where we make our money is passive income, either through advertisements or more recently, you know, when I first started, this wasn't the main thing, but it's actually becoming the main thing. Uh, subscriptions, paid subscriptions, yeah. $5 a month, $10 a month, Twitch, Twitch was built on this. Yep. And the, the funny thing is, is that with what we do, people who support this monthly are, are really happy to do it. In fact, in some cases, for instance, Clean, love Clean, great guy. I would say that there's a lot of people out there that are actually more willing to support Clean uh, than they are to support something like Netflix or Disney+. And the amount of money that Netflix and Disney put into acquiring those paid subscriptions is, is enormous uh, in terms of the marketing, the advertising, all that stuff. So the fact that there are streamers out there that are just organically, naturally through the sheer goodwill of these communities, having people support them with, with monthly subscriptions is, it, it should be impossible. It should yeah. be absolutely insane. And yet it is not. I think, I think lots of studios drastically, and, and I mean drastically, underestimate two things. They underestimate the power of community development and community goodwill. And they underestimate the power of, and, and the financial security of paid subscriptions. Um, and I think between those two things, those are the kinds of things that we have built into the soul of Operation Harsh Doorstop that I think is going to power our development and probably allow us to continue scaling forever. And the reason I, 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 I am confident about that is because the ceiling on this, the ceiling of what I know is out there, the ceiling of how much funding I know can be achieved, I have already seen because I have so many friends in this space who are influencers and streamers. Yeah. And I know because they've told me or I've seen yeah. the statistics or in some cases I just directly manage them. I, I, I know their statistics for the amount of income that they're receiving uh, and the amount of paid subscriptions that they're getting and the kind of financials that they have. And I have to tell you, it is getting to the point where a number, if not a, a huge portion of these streamers, are earning more than the gross revenue of many indie development studios. And, and when I say that, I mean a single person who is yeah. streaming is earning more money than most full development studios yep. you know between a full development studio of like 10 20 people a single person is getting that income and for that single person not only are they getting that income they have almost no overhead so yeah. it's it's like pure profit it's like you know they bring in 50 grand a month and that's going straight to the bank there's no payroll there's no product yeah. there's it's just there it's purely their personality and this is something that i have really wanted to to combine with software development because the problem that a lot of software has is that there's no soul to it. There's yeah. no soul. 
you know, like, you know, when, 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 and, and even not just that, like Disney, even things like Disney plus, right. Or please don't sue me, Disney. There's no soul <laughs> to that. It's like in the amount of effort that they have to go in order to get you to pay a subscription is so much more because it's just a faceless entity. There's no vision. There's no, you know, personality. There's nothing to really connect with. It's just this monstrosity that wants your your money versus the reason streamers are so effective it's when when you're giving something to them you're supporting a person that you know who had even if you don't know them personally but you know how they think you know what their vision is and you're also contributing to a community that you understand and that you have trust in and that's something that i think not very many development studios have been able to foster. And I feel like if they could, they would be killing it. Yeah. They would be absolutely destroying. Um, I definitely agree. I think some of like the, um, a lot of times you'll, you'll see a a development studio produce a reasonably good game, a pretty kick-ass game, but there's no soul as you described to the marketing approach. They'll they'll sling out a trailer, throw up a generic Twitter account, do the same of a YouTube channel, push a couple of trailers. They never just sit down and have a a damn conversation with their fans. They don't just, uh, yeah. And all all they do, like they just, they just need their, they need to, you know, it's great that they hire these social media managers and the community managers, but they need to empower these people to be influencers in their own right. And to, right. to build audiences, build communities and, and do yeah, that sort of I thing. Just, Cause it's just, it's just, it's community fostering. It's sales. Right. It is, right. uh, it's just being, you know, personable and communicating with people and, and telling them about products, which is the reason, you know, that, uh, that people can be successful in the in influencer fact, space. Forgive me for using the term, but it is right. true all of the same. And you mentioned, you know, how lucrative, um, our business can be and it can be, yeah, um, it can be. But it doesn't start that way, right? And so yeah. when, when people get fired up that influencers are making a profit, frequently they discount the often years it takes yeah. to accumulate the audience right. and monetize it and yes. learn the craft. Right. Um, and so it's not, uh, you know, for those Which listening. Which is something that you, we've, we yeah. have, <laughs> that, yeah. we've, that we've been building. Yeah, uh, in takes, fact, that takes some time. As a quick example, this, this I was really, I was I was really um, disappointed when they allowed him to what. However, that went down. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know the specifics. I, I'm sure it may or may not have been amicable. But you know, no matter how it went down, there, there's they should there's that it should have been unacceptable. They should have given him as much as he wanted to stay. Um, I think one of the people who I had a lot of respect for, who was the best example, the absolute best example of a studio doing what I said, building a connection with their community, building uh, a camaraderie with their community, was Mikey from Insurgency. Uh, 100%. He's over at Downpour now, is that right? Yeah, he doesn't work there anymore, which is kind of a problem <laughs> for them. And I think that's kind of been a big issue and why yeah. insurgency is having trouble because they don't have that connection with their with their people as much anymore. And and it's yeah. really it's really a shame because it takes forever. It takes forever to build those kinds of relationships um, with with your with your fan base. Uh, and it's something that you just you just do not you can't outsource that. 
you know, you're not going to replace Mikey with some, you know, uh, social media manager that you hire from from the cheapest point of origin that you can possibly find. Like, it's not you don't that that has such an inherent value. You just can't replace that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that that's something that I I really wish more studios would recognize. And I think, ironically, it's also going to be a significant advantage for us. I know some people might be like, oh, yeah, but is it going to be enough of an advantage? Like, we're... It is. Like, that's, that's how big a deal that is. Yeah. And that's, well, that's how underestimated people are still thinking of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, in this vein, right, we had some huge news come out this week that Dr. Disrespect is now founding right. his own game development studio. Exactly. What what are your thoughts on that? Have you read? You know, I, I don't know the details. I don't know what the project that so, he must be working on right now is. Yeah, I don't know what the money looks like behind it. But right, um, he's gone. So here's the thing. Full in. Uh, what we're doing uh, with Operation Heart Doorstop and you know combining our community with the development of Operation Heart Doorstop's community and the development of the product and you know everything that I've talked about like our unique advantage our unique angle I think we are still in a period where achieving that ecosystem environment whatever whatever you would call it like this I I, I don't know what I don't know what the term of this would be, like influencer game development thing, you know, yeah, what, know. whatever it is, whatever it is that I we're doing. I think you get to call it something. You get to call sure, it Sure, I'm going to have to I'm gonna <laughs> Let have us to know once you decide. Term. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't Community-driven development? I don't really care if I'm the one that comes up with that term. I'm sure somebody will. Uh, maybe I will, but it's just, it. the term will come out and it'll be the right term, however it comes out. Uh, yeah. But whatever that is, that, that you know, because you've got, You've got influencers on one side that don't know anything about game development, but they've got really strong community relationships. You've got studios on the other side that have that, that know nothing about building community relationships, but they but they know how to make a good game. The kinds of people that still that, that creating an entity that has both of those things yeah. is still really difficult, and it is really rare for whatever reason. Not to say that it will stay difficult. Or that it will stay rare. I think we are even now in the process where people are recognizing that that has value and people are emulating it. Um, and with, I, I have seen a lot of influencers attempt to move into the game development space and fail miserably. You know, and I've seen a lot of studios attempt to move into the, you know, to, into the community building and relationship building space and also fail miserably. Um, for for a variety of different reasons, and I, I'm sure we could talk about you know all sorts of uh, 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 examples of, of, of that happening. Um, but but at the end of the day, getting to this point where you have an influencer game developer entity that's actually successful and effective is is still really difficult. And I think it requires a lot of people that have experience on both sides. This is one of the reasons you know like eight years ago. I just started to learn more about game development. And not to yeah. say that I'm just like a software development wizard, but I know significantly more than I, I knew eight years ago. Like a, by it, pure through sheer just spending every single day learning about as much as I can, both the business aspect of developing games, the, the software aspect of developing games. So, you know, I can I, I understand how to talk to programmers better and how to task them better and how to interface them with other asset developers and all that stuff. Like that that take that takes a lot of time to, sure. to kind of build that experience. Um and I, I you know luckily decided to put a lot of effort into that. Now I'm finally seeing 
the uh, the return on that time investment. And I I think I'm trying to be really objective about this because you know if Doctor Disrespect comes out with a game and it absolutely flops, uh, I I don't want to I don't want to be the person that was like oh yeah it's absolutely going to be be amazing because I think there are still ways that it could fail. Like, I yeah. still think that there are ways. Not to say that, like, if his product fails, then that's like, oh, well, Blue Drake was wrong, and there's no way and... that game development influencers are ever going to work. Like, that's not the case, and we'll go into that later. Why? Because I don't even think that Dr. Disrespect is the best example. of that. There's people who have already done this that I'll talk about here in a second that I think sure. are – that people aren't even thinking about that are that – well, my biggest concern with Dr. But... Disrespect jumping in is the uh, – I think uh-huh, he's already ahead. set the expectation – pretty damn high and he's mm. he's calling his studio i mean he's leading with this is a triple right. a studio and he's using that language well um, so let me let me let me tell you the reasons why i think he has a really good chance of success sure so not only is dr disrespect a huge influencer with a massive marketing with a massive audience and, and a huge market but there's lots of people in his vein that have that the most important thing here the most important thing about what he has over other influencers moving into game development is he has a significant amount of prior game development experience. Uh, I did not know that. Did you really not? I did not. Uh, let I'm me not look like, this up. I'm not like not a Dr. Disrespect fan, but it's not my niche. You know, it's not, uh, uh, not my thing. I'm like a, I'm a nerdy middle-aged so dad who plays Dr. Western games. Dr. Disrespect, oh my god, we need to bring Gooms in here because Gooms knows more about this than I do. But I've, I've actually, uh, yeah, so, so Dr. Disrespect, Guy Beam, Beam, Guy Beam, right? Isn't that his name? Yeah. Uh, he's actually a former employee for Sledgehammer Games. Oh, no shit. He, he actually worked on, it was Call of Duty, right, Gooms? I don't know. I don't know if Gooms is even here to respond to that. Um, but he was actually hey, Gooms is here. a... Is he muted? Yeah, but I guess I can become a speaker. What's up, buddy? I don't care. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what was it? What, it was. It was. It was Call of Duty, right? He has. He yeah, has prior yeah. game development. I'm experience. pretty sure he made. Okay, I could be wrong on this. But I think he made Shipment, and I'm pretty sure he has credits in Modern Warfare Two okay. or Three, and I think Advanced yeah. Warfare. Wow. So, so that's this a dude's huge got street cred. Yeah, he does. And, and, and the reason, you know, because some people are like, oh, but he's not a programmer. He doesn't need to be. In the same way that I don't need to be a full-blown programmer. Granted, yes, I have programming classes. I studied in university and all sorts of stuff. But I'm not nearly as good as our actual programmer team. And I shouldn't be. Because the thing is, is that I just need to know enough so I can work with them and so I can interface with them. And so that way I can – so they can work with me. So that way I can go out and they can say, hey, Connor – I need this, this, and this. I need you to find me this person for this reason and do this. Or like, I need you to set up this infrastructure so yeah. that way I can do my project management stuff. Or like, and we it's need not to use Jira or Git or well, yeah. And it's not. And I'm not just sitting there like, Duh. like I, I need to know the 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 language. I need to know like the environments yeah. that they're going to work in, even the basic stuff. So that way I can do my job to let them do their job. Sure. And the cool thing is that he has that. He has that experience. He, he has probably worked in the exact same environments that these people are going to work in. So this isn't just some big money bags influencer being like, here's a bunch of money, now make me a game. He understands the pipeline. Yeah, he understands yeah, yeah. the infrastructure. He understands the relationship that these different people are going to need. He probably even understands the kinds of people that he needs to find to build a full team complement. Sure. And I think that that's one of the reasons he's probably been able to attract top talent. Is because some of those people that have worked on these big prior games that have joined his studio, they recognize that he has that experience, and they see him as 
a capable leader, not just from the fact that he has a massive audience, but he actually understands the infrastructure and the process that goes into building a team that can create a viable game. So that is a big, big plus for in his corner. Yeah, it'll be super interesting to see what comes of that. It will be. So I I think, you know, without predicting the future, I think that he has a real strong chance of success there. And I think that he is an an excellent example of an entity doing something similar to what we're doing. But since he has, you know, he's on such a higher level than us in terms of audience, in terms of budget, you've seen the kind of success that we've achieved even in this early state of where we're at. He might have exponentially more success if he does that correctly. Um, so, so that's a really good case to watch because I think it's a perfect example of the coming of the new coming standard of, of game development, uh, that, that will likely just take over the world. And, and this is where I want to pivot the conversation to another example that I, maybe is something you haven't even understood. Have you played crab game? I have not. Hey, real quick. I was wrong about the shipment thing i posted in our group he worked on a bunch of other maps but not shipment it's okay you're fired um but that's fine (laughs) yeah it's like never talk to me again but it's cool um but yeah (laughs) oh come on Uh, so he worked uh on advanced warfare he worked on solar horizon instinct ascend recovery sideshow site 44 and quarantine so basically he designed every level warfare or modern advanced warfare good job legit yeah he is yeah, that's. I think that's. One uh, of the I think what's interesting about him is he was a community manager, and then he went into level design, which is he was a monkey, <laughs> right? Exactly. And then he went into exactly. content right, creation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is yeah. So like, there's so many, there's so many things going on. It's here. like he went He's to school got, for this. Like he he no, deliberately pursued the credentials he would need for this moment. But that's what I'm what saying. Yeah, like. exactly. That that's actually what I'm. That's kind of what I'm saying though. Like what we are accidentally stumbling into now there will likely be schools in the future to try and create people exactly like what we are currently like whatever this influencer game development like combo is as soon as this gets proven as a viable business strategy there will be people that will start there will be probably universities that now unfortunately that means that this space is going to start becoming more saturated and then we're either going to have to like lock down our business model or pivot or whatever you know it's just the same story all over again but or retire you know like whatever (laughs) um but yeah but i and, and it's funny because you know back when i started being a youtuber there was no schools on how to be a youtuber there are now like there are now and um and and it's going to be the same thing with this i think that right now there's no school to become this new breed of whatever this is influencer game dev and in order to, to become this but there probably will be um and another example of somebody that i think is a is a perfect example of this you said you haven't played crab game but you've probably seen it and it was one of the most the most played games on Steam. Maybe not ever, but at this point, possibly ever. Uh, and did you know that that game was made by a YouTuber? I did not. Yeah, it's been made by a YouTuber that I've been following for a little over a year now. One of the reasons I've been following him is because he is he is doing exactly what we set out to do, but he is doing it faster and so much better than us with significantly <laughs> less effort because he is so genius and talented and also perfectly suited for this environment. And it's his name is Danny. 
So here, look, if you were to go, because, dude, this is, I can sit, I love, I spent all day. I just looked like, it up. It's super interesting. Yeah, dude, Danny, yeah, three three million subs. Where was he? Did I, I think I had a conversation with him when he was, like, a nobody, and now he's, like, social blade. Let's look at how fast. He has grown so insanely rapidly. Um, he On the was, release of Crab Game, his metrics were up, like, 350%. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, he has grown probably a million subs in under a year. So I remember, like, I think, I think, I think, like two, two, three years ago, he was maybe at like a hundred k or something, yeah. and now he's at three mil. And one of the reasons that he is at three mil is if you watch some of his videos, he is literally exactly what we're talking about. He is a computer science background developer. Sure. That just happens to also be a really charismatic content creator. And he created Crab Game as a joke and accidentally basically built in a couple of days what we've been doing <laughs> with Operation Harsh Doorstop over a matter of years. Yeah. And he did it as a joke. Is that um, frustrating? Now, Is it hurt to see someone do no, it that fast? No, it's, it's not. See, I, I think... I don't think people believe me, but I am I, – I just – my brain works differently. I don't really get jealous of people. I just I get excited for people because the way I see it is like if anybody does – like everybody wins, right? Like it's just proving my argument, right? So like it's not like, oh, man, Danny did what we're setting out to do. I just should pack up shop now. Like I don't structure my business this way. Um, primarily for a lot of reasons, like even though Danny did this – you know, it wasn't a tactical shooter. It wasn't like, you know, it, it's in it's in no real way competition to me any more than karma could as competition. I would say that I'm probably a more successful channel now than I ever would have been because of karma could's existence. So people like Danny doing this are only not only proving that this strategy works, but are probably only continuing to fuel the fire that is going to allow me to succeed as well in the future. So like, it's like everybody wins here. Like nobody's losing. Uh, so there's, there's nothing to be jealous of, um, <laughs> but, but he did it and, and, and it exploded and he's still doing that. He is still building this, this brand based off of, hey, not only am I this charismatic influencer, but I'm actually creating tangible things that you can download to your computer and play with and actually have an experience with. That's so powerful. Yeah, it's that's so That's so powerful. And that's what I wanted to do with OHD. In fact, back in the day, that's what I wanted to do with Project Reality. That was one of the reasons that we started kind of doing the maps and doing like we, – we started doing like custom maps and stuff like that because I was like, man, I don't want to just make a video and then have somebody watch that video and be like, that's a good video. Like I don't really see myself as a video creator. I see myself as a community creator. And, sure. and when I create a community, I want them to be able to get something out of it almost physically. You know, like I want them to watch a video and that video be like, hey – you know, check out this cool thing, and then you can get that thing, and you can play around with it. That's so cool. That that experience is so awesome. It's almost like 
kind of coming through the fourth wall. And I think that's one of the reasons I can get away with making such horrible content. You know, like it's my I am I am not a video editor. <laughs> we say I'm not horrible. We say low production it's, it's quality. Low production value. Um, but that's like that's the thing because you know, especially with Jahari, I can do high production value stuff. Oh yeah. You know, and 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 it's cool. Well, because, you can do you know, high and, production value videos too, and you have, but you don't I can. need to. I, I have, but I don't need to, and I don't really yeah. want to because that's not what I want my brand to be about. Yep. I want to be that brand where it's like, not only can you go and watch something and you can instantly like connect with me and get to know exactly the kind of person that I am. But when you're done watching that video, you can take something away from it. It's like, oh man, I got to download this thing. And it's like, it's on my computer now and I can sit here and, and do cool stuff. Like that kind of experience. Or, you know, maybe you find something, you know, like that's why I really like my website where I've built like this place where it's like, I have this centralized repository of all the fun little doodads that I have. And you can just go there and just kind of like find a cool little thing and just play with it and whatever. Like like Blue Drake's toy box. It's my my toy box. It's my toy box. And you can download my toy box. How cool is that? I I love that. I love that. And I think that that idea, that, 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 that concept is so powerful. And I I really, and, and this is actually where we get into another level about Operation Harsh Doorstop that I want to achieve. Because with Operation Harsh Doorstop, it's not, I don't want to just make a game where it's like, hey, here's my game, look at me, I made this, it's so cool, right? Like, that's not, I don't really care. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like, I I don't want to make a game that is like my game, right? Like, I don't want to make a game where it's like about me because it would suck. Like, I just, (laughs) I don't want to make a game about me. Um, I want to make a game that we all want to play. And and another thing, even more importantly, I want to make a game where people can use it to bring to their brand what I just talked about. So, like, let me put it this way. Imagine I put out Operation Harsh Doorstop, and then Karma Cook can do a video on it and say, hey, guys, here's this map I just made for our server, for OHD. Yep. And OHD is free and you can go download it. And it gets to this point where now Karma Cut can give people that experience utilizing, because the problem is, is that there are other games out there that you can do this with. You know, Arma, Squad, stuff like that. And he has done that. And I think what he's done with Squad Ops is like amazing. Sure. And like, I, I really respected him for all the stuff that he did there. But the problem is, is every single time you make that video, you're like, hey guys, come and join me. And people are like, I don't have $40. And, and yeah, you're going to have some people that have $40, but you're not going to have as many people that have zero dollars. You know, like <laughs> there's going to be more people. There's going to there's going to be exponentially more people that have no money than people yeah. who have $40 to spend. And and that's one of those things where it's like, you know, with Karma Code, I think that was one of the things that got him so on board. And I was like, you know, you put all of this effort into making these custom maps and everything for these games. Imagine how many more people would play it if there was no price tag to entry. For sure. Well, and like, if if with the you know the SDK and the the mod tools that right. you guys are attempting to provide, yeah. you could potentially create a much more bespoke, a much more specific experience for your Anything. audience, and yes. do it at a much you know lower yes. effort threshold which is what i'm looking forward to the most frankly right. is uh, yeah. is putting together those those specific experiences for my community uh, and, and that's something very specific events 
Right. That's something that I think is is really powerful because then we turn Operation Harsh Doorstop not into a game, but we turn it into a tool. Almost almost similar to how Unreal Engine 4 is in itself a tool. It's sure. kind of just like an extension of that same mentality. And you know, another another thing, again, another case study, another example of why I think this methodology is so effective is <laughs> Everybody's going to laugh, but you're not going to laugh because they're $4 billion on the stock market. It's Roblox. Oh, yeah. It's the same mentality, but for kids, which which doesn't really matter because it's not whether it's for kids that's important. It's like it's the mentality that's important. Dude, Roblox I, is I played so Roblox as, as a joke. We jumped in for like really? April Fool's Day. And it's so good, right? And like, we played a, a Roblox Milsim, and by the end of like our session, I was like, "This is ridiculous." It's really like, good. This like, has no right to be this good. And, and and the reason it's so good is because the there are kids out there that made that. Well, maybe not kids. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of grown ups that work on it too. But like, in fact, I actually think I I can kind of use this to explain how how Operation Harsh Doorstop. Because everybody's like, well, what's Operation Hard Stores off going to be like? And it's like, dude, honestly, hopefully anything that you want it to be. Like, yeah. if we do our job right, like, it can be anything. And um, look at Roblox, right? When they made Roblox, they weren't like, yo, let's make this game so somebody can turn it into a military simulator, right? Like, that wasn't, that wasn't even on their minds, yeah. like, when they made that platform. And yet, as a content creation platform, as a tool for content creators to create experiences – it is so powerful at doing that that somebody completely unaffiliated with the Roblox development team at all, no affiliation whatsoever, came and turned it into a military simulator that, quite frankly, rivals some of the best military simulation yeah. games. When you're talking on about just features right and now. like performance, yeah, it's <laughs> which fun. is insane. And I don't think people talk about how insane that is. Like everybody, I guess, just people don't have people the just write it off because it's square. They just people. write it off. They just yeah. can't. But that's kind of like if, and that's one of the reasons that I'm really excited about Operation Hard Storestop is because if we do that, if we build that, um, I think that we can kind of create a platform. Because like you said, you know, a lot of people write off Roblox as like, you, that's for kids. Like, okay, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit short-sighted to, to just write something off because you think it's for kids. But I get it. I get it. And that's why with Operation Harsh Doorstop, we wanted to create something that's a little bit more targeted to adults but almost has the same flexibility as something like Roblox. Except we wanted to even go further. Because with Roblox, you know, it's all cloud hosted, right? So like that's yeah. that's one of their things. It's like they've got this really, you know, I don't want to say invasive, but like really strict uh, kind of like cloud hosted system where anything you make, like it's only going to work on Roblox. Like you can't make anything and it's very flexible and it's got the sandbox component, but like you can't take it anywhere else and you can only host servers on their servers. Yeah, it's like, like extremely that. proprietary. Right, extremely proprietary. We wanted to take the same mentality that has made Roblox successful, but put it with Operation Harsh Doorstop and just and just take the reins off. I love it. And love just it. be like, yo, do whatever. And then they're gonna be like, oh, but you mean, you know, we can't host our own servers, right? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can. <laughs> like, you can do whatever. In fact, what we're hoping to do over time is one of the things that we want to do is have it so you could actually – because there's no reason we couldn't do this – is to have it so you could actually have cloud servers and dedicated servers at the same time in the same game. 
So you could, you could host your own server if you want on your own hardware with your own dedicated community, or potentially, eventually, we could have also an option where you could have a cloud-based server and you could have it so it's like integrated into something that's like more consistent with like the entire uh, ecosystem. So it's like very stable or something like that. Because I, I understand there also are benefits to having cloud-hosted infrastructure. So it's like, sure. oh, you know, you're not going to join something and then have the ping be really bad or weird or something like that. Um, because if we build it this way, there's there's really no, there's no reason that you could not take advantage of both sides of the table, where it's like you can create something that empowers the community, but still allows them to take advantage of all of the benefits that something like Roblox takes to the table uh, brings to the table, as well as taking advantage of all the things something like Arma would bring to the table. And yeah. you can have both. You know, like imagine with Arma. Imagine if you could like boot up Arma right now and like spin up a server just by clicking a button in the game. Yeah, you know, like, I love be, Arma so much. It is such be a sick? pain in the ass to play. I know, I know, right? So, But that's good because there's so much innovation here. There's sure. so There's so much potential to innovate in this space. Like there's so much... There, you know, it, it, would, it would be bad if it would be like, oh, yeah, man, that game is just does it literally everything that I want to do. Why am I even here? Goodbye. I'm going to go play that. You know, like there is no ultimate game right now. There is sure. all everything has everything does something well and it does something not so well. And I think for a long time, Operation Harsh Doorstop is probably going to be in a similar vein. You know, and one of the things that we want to do well is obviously we want to be free and we also want to be so much more modifiable than like anything else. And we also want to be able to support like single player. Like we want that to be a big component. Um, so I think in the short term, that's going to be what we have in our, you know, court that's going to be to our advantage. Yeah. But long term, we have so many other ideas on things that we could do to improve the experience, to streamline the experience. In fact, here's one thing that I wanted to do. I don't, in fact, I'm just going to say, this is an example of something that like, I'm happy to say, and because some people are going to be like, oh, what if somebody rips you off and takes this idea for themselves? Dude, please do it. Do that. I've been begging for <laughs> any other game to do this for forever. You know what would be sick? Is if something like Hell Let Loose or Squad, why don't they have a native system so you can automatically whitelist your Twitch subs? Yeah, no, where it like integrates automatically, or like yeah. or Discord, or, uh, or, or Patreon, channel or Discord, members, or YouTube subscribers, yeah. or or YouTube memberships, yeah. or even just YouTube subscribers. Hey, I guess I just assumed that already existed on... somewhere. Does that not exist? Not I feel like that's knowledge. just like an API it, problem. It is definitely not something that Squad has implemented themselves, and it's definitely not something that I've seen implemented in any other way than like communities having to write their own like real hacky scripts but like it's never going to be as good (laughs) as a native in and with how much those games rely on influencer coverage 100 percent. whatever dr disrespect makes has that uh, maybe i i don't know possibly i i'm not sure if he has that i think he might some means of like achieving community you know we'll have to see where his head is at because he See, the difference between us and Dr. Disrespect, well, maybe not a difference, because I guess, you know, neither of us would need to do this. I just want to. Um, But with him, I don't think his vision is like, oh, man, I can't wait to make, like, a really modifiable sandbox game that has, like, a bunch of features. He's like, I want to make a product. Because yeah. he's like a very highly competitive. Because I've seen his yeah, videos talking about development player. and stuff like that. Because he designed a level 
Who was it for, Gooms? It was like a sponsorship. He designed a level for a game. Uh, Rogue Company. Rogue Company. We did. We did I don't know if he designed it, well. but they gave him an entire level. Right. Yeah, I, I, I heard the he arena, designed it. Right, right, right. right. I, no, I, heard... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah, yeah Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what? You're right, because I've, I've seen him on stream before. when, when He was, was talking on. about it. Yeah, he was going drawing. through it. Like, I saw yeah, him right, it. right, 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 right. So, yeah, because he, 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 he designed that. So I think if there's any reason that his game, I think what he's going to be going after is he wants to make the ultimate like perfectly balanced esports game like i think that's his angle where he's not like oh man i want to make the sandbox he's like i want to make a really good esports game so i think that's going to be his thing and i think he's probably going to succeed at that but i think the vision might be a little different from what we want to do we want to create a tool we want to create a game that empowers its community members we want to create a game where it's not about us it's about the whole community we don't want to be like yo hey you know pay us money in order to get a ticket to play our game it's like one of the reasons we want this game to be free is because i feel like it'll be more successful because it's free because there's going to be more people like you coming into it and helping us improve it like there's going to be you know and that's one of the reasons we want to not sit here and make a game and say oh well you know like you have to cover our game because you know i don't know some weird sense of obligation or loyalty where it's like i expect you i want to make a game where it has so many features that empower yeah. you it as should a be creator. Organic. It should be organic. It's just organic. It's just like, well, I want to play Operation Harsh Doorstop because, like, it has, you know, like, native Patreon integration with my Patreon community or, like, native Discord integration with all my Discord users and stuff like that. None of these other games that want my coverage so bad have those features. Like, so it's just going to be... And then the cool thing about that, and this is one thing, because, again, you know, you'll be like, well, what if other studios cop? The the reason that it's kind of impossible for us to lose in the situation that we're in right now is because we're going to make a game where if anybody were to compete with us, I would instantly play their game and then, you know, continue growing my community utilizing that, That's right? Because, like, like if squad if squad went free tomorrow, dude, I would be on that hype train day one. Like, day one. <laughs> One, if squad were to put in like, you know, integration with YouTube memberships or Patreon or anything like, dude, I would have a server up for, I, dude, I put 12 grand into hosting a server for Project Reality. I totaled it up like a couple of years ago because I had to like pay taxes and all that stuff. And yeah, dude, 12 grand I've hosted, dude, if, 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 if Hell Let Loose had the ability for me to say, oh, hey, you know, like you can integrate, you know, you can subscribe to my channel and get, like, some perk. And, like, dude, I would be hosting a server for Hell Let Loose tomorrow. Yeah. But, like, none of these games are going to do that. And, and and I'm not sure if they're ever going to do that. Uh, but if they do, if they do anything close to what we're going to do, I will be making a video on them tomorrow. And I can assure you that we're going to be, like, my channel and our whole community will be more successful of it. In fact, I think it'll be funny because I think it might get to a point where some studios may just like not implement those features just to like spite me because they know that I would use it to like grow my own community. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, at, at some point you have to really question their motives where it's like, okay, you know, if you have these studios that are relying so heavily, so heavily on influencer marketing, but then simultaneously just like serially, serially neglecting all of the features that they know we need in order to do our jobs, where are their priorities really? Like what is their, cause they say how much they need their community and how much they appreciate like influencer coverage and stuff like that. 
but yet they don't implement any of the things that we need in order to do our jobs or yeah. to help us grow ourselves. Well, it's I'm always in the other direction. I'm hoping that it isn't um, malicious and that instead it's they just they they're, they're just not wired that way. They're so focused Dude, on I making hope. a badass digital product and and they do nerdy programming right. stuff and we do nerdy influencer stuff I and guess. they don't bridge the gap well cuz that's just I, not I, how they're wired. I I see the thing is is that I'm at this point where it's just like I don't have an answer to that question and I'm not sure if I really cuz <laughs> but you have a solution. I, well, that's what I'm saying. I have a solution <laughs> Um, but in an, in addition to that, like at a certain point, is there really a difference between malice and negligence? Right? That's true. Like, is it, does it really matter? Functionally, so like, no. Okay, it just means you don't have to be grumpy with them. You have so to be disappointed. They're malicious. Okay. That's bad. <laughs> but what the alternative is, oh, they just don't care about you at all. Like that's, I mean, yeah. in some cases almost worse, like depending on the situation. I guess so, malice is flattering at least. <laughs> right, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, I get a lot of that. Uh so I'm very flattered. But um but yeah, that's that's that is the gap that I love we want to fill. That's that's the product that we want to make. Those are the things that we want to do. And 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 again, I don't even think I need to go into detail about all the things that we have planned that we want to implement that are going to help like achieve that specific vision that I've outlined to you, but just knowing our perspective on that, I think you can get an idea of where we can go with this. That's going to ultimately set us apart from the competition because we're going to be able to build something that is going to be just like, just the fundamental vision is going to be so different and it's going to be so much more positive for the, for the creators that, that are going to be playing it that I think it's just, it's just going to be an organic fit for so many people that that have been that have been waiting for something like this or maybe for some people that haven't even thought about the fact that these are the kinds of features that they would want you know um that these are the kinds of things that could really help them uh in their in their business uh and i think that that yeah. is a formula that if we perfect we just like you said per- previously at that point it's just a matter of pouring as much gas on that fire as possible i love that man that's where we're at right now i love uh i love the vision i think um every time i hear you talk about this i can just like feel the passion that you used to describe it i was like a lot of other people i think early on and pretty skeptical but you've you know you and gooms and and the rest of the team has demonstrated over the last (sighs) couple of months and years frankly is with these updates that have rolled out with the play tests with the you know the animations that we're seeing in your social media feeds, with the uh, videos that you're releasing, there's evidence that this is a real thing that is happening. Yeah. You just said that we've got a demo potentially in January. We've got yeah. a, a tier one experience middle of 2022, maybe end of 2022. So this is like a real life, no shit vision um, that is uh, that is coming to fruition. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, I do think it's a shame because like you know, like you said before, like you were skeptical, and there, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people that have been and probably will still be skeptical and and i think that there's a couple of things about that that is just something that's kind of a i don't i don't know if it's like a shame or i I guess it's something that i think about sometimes it's it's a shame that we live in this time where there is so much paranoia and there's so like and, and and i'm not even shaming anybody for being paranoid because like there's a lot to be paranoid about in not just like with our game, just like across the board. Like there's so many scams out there. There's so many 
there's so many people that are just exploitive and predatory. There's studios that are exploitive and predatory. You know, for instance, with uh, NFTs recently. You know, I think NFT is a really cool technology, but how it's been exploited recently, it's, oh my made, God, people yeah. just, it's made people so paranoid. We're to the point where, you know, we just we just released our little development update about the the customizable characters. And the first reaction, one of the one of I the saw first that. reactions I saw your tweet was on people it. instantly being like, Oh my god, you're not gonna turn this into NFTs, are yeah. you? Like, no, God. Oh my God, is that what you're worried about? And it's like, it's a shame that we live in this climate right now where everybody's just so paranoid. And I think that that that's also something that's kind of a shame as well. Where you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of other people that I've run into. Uh, I, I I heard another YouTuber saying this about the other the other day. They, they were like, "Oh yeah, Blue Drake. Like, you know, the first time I met him, he was kind of shady because like he was so happy and excited to talk to me and like was really passionate about this thing." That's just and, like, you, though. That that immediately made me think he was gonna scam me, and it's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, that's so, like that's a, that's a shame that that is something that people have to be worried about. But it's like, like I said, you know, I've been in this for so long, and there was also such a a long period of like me being the only one that was doing this. I think there's an element where I'm just so excited to like work with other people that are similar to me, I think sometimes like I get a little bit too excited. And I think that people are so worried about getting taken advantage of nowadays that they instantly assume that it's like, Oh my gosh, she's going to screw me over. Cause this guy, nobody else would be this excited to work with somebody. <laughs> like it's like, yeah, oh. it's, it's funny. I think, um, cause like the, the blue Drake that I had talked to on the internet and whose YouTube videos I watched for years is the same as the Connor I met right. in person. Like yeah, you, uh, you kind of, you are the same person all the time, and you're I always. Have no filter. Yeah, you're I'm you're high energy. Pretending. You've got your hands and everything, and you're uh, <laughs> yeah, like super motivated, and you're you're you know yeah. pretty transparent, and you uh, you're passionate. You say what's on your mind, and yeah. um, and like for the for the end user, right? For the for the dude who is consuming your your content on social media. Or who's gonna play Operation Harsh Doorstop? That's good because they know yeah. whatever you're you're saying is something that you believe. It's something that you're passionate right. about, and it's a matter of like taking that passion, sprinkling the magic dust on it, and uh, and turn it into into a thing. And right. for whoever was hesitant on whether or not that was possible, there's evidence now that well, it is possible. Right? Like this this, this is this is a real thing. Stay skeptical. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. I I think this is one of the I I don't want to come across where I'm like yo hey everybody stop you know um, because you know there are there are some situations as well where you know there are people like the other day I did a live stream and they were like there's no way this game is real and I'm like dude you're looking at it right now like there there is a level of like extreme paranoia that I think is like a little bit insane but at the same time I I think that this that there is a lot of exploitive entities out there you know people companies whatever i don't know um we've seen a lot of it even recently it's like it's getting to the point where it's like almost pandemic so i don't want to be the kind of person that says hey believe me i want to be the kind of person where you don't have to believe me i want to do this so that way there's no period where i say you know hey like i i swear we can do this yes there's going to be a number of people that are like that do believe in me and they're going to be really critical to like you know getting the, the the funds that we need to do in order to go the distance but if there is anybody out there that is like i'm not sure dude stay not sure that's fine because my objective is to get to a point where you don't have to have faith 
I don't have to convince you, hey, just wait around for the next, you know, like two years, and I swear we're going to have like a playable game. You know, in January, where I, I hope we're going to be able to come out with a demo, that's going to be that first moment where it's like, look, it's here. It's physical. You can touch it. This is real. There's nothing to believe. This is happening. I don't have to, because, you know, there's even, because one of my other good friends is Big Fry, and I think he keeps me grounded pretty, pretty well. He's a, he's a really great guy, and he's really good at, 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 um, uh, at kind of seeing things objectively, even yeah. when I get a little bit crazy. And, 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 and he's constantly covering other projects out there. You know, you look at the Earth 2 situation. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, and just so many other situations where it's really questionable uh, potentially highly exploitive behavior, and I, and, and and all a lot of those projects, they all start with the same thing. It's just somebody sitting there saying, "Oh, you got to believe me. You got to believe me. It's going to be yeah. great. It's going to be great." Please, it's please, the, please, the snake please. oil salesman. Right? I don't want to. I I want to get to a point where Operation Harsh Doorstop. There's not going to be any of that. Yeah, it's when it just, just going to be. Itself. Here is the product, and if you want us to take this further come help us that's yeah. it that's yeah so that's, awesome. that's that's the objective and i god we're so close dude we're so this has been a multi-year journey and it's so cool to finally be having conversations with people like you um and being able to like show people because again you know like obviously we're, we're still in the final stages of kind of like wrapping up this milestone but even the product as it is right now like is it's very highly playable it's damn it's good. not like yeah it's like it's good right and it's so cool after so many years of people not really knowing if we can do this or like and even in, it's sometimes like ourselves like kind of questioning ourselves like man is this possible and being at this point oh my god it's so cathartic like it is just it cathartic it's the right word right cathartic I yeah cathartic that. yeah it's dude it is it's that Whatever that term, it is, it's great. And I can only assume that, like, as things continue to grow, because, like, you know, if it's cathartic now, imagine how much more it's going to be. You know, like, if, if we continue to scale at the pace that we've been and the, we continue to, to progress at the pace that we've been, you know, like, imagine, because the big thing now is everybody's like, oh, but they still don't have vehicles. And it's like, dude, we're so close to that. Dude, I remember when and Squad like, was on Steam in early access right. and got its Yeah, they didn't have vehicles. Yeah. And they, it, there was a big, big process getting to that for them as well. Yeah, yeah it was huge. Um, so if, if people want to go support Operation Hard Store Stop right now, where do they go? Uh, you can go on Patreon. Um, I, I think it's it's all about the Patreon right now. And, and awesome. it will honestly probably continue to be about the Patreon. Um, there are some things about... Uh, with steam so obviously for instance like we're gonna have it so you can donate on patreon and that'll give you like um you know access to like the updates before they're live we'll have a version of that on steam because steam requires us to do that so like you'll also be able to make like a purchase or like a donation on steam without going through patreon at all when we launch um because it's required uh so you can also go through that but right now it's it's all about the patreon and it'll probably continue to be about the Patreon. Uh, we also do have Warfare 1944. That was, we could probably have a whole nother conversation about this, but maybe that'll be in a, a, an epi- a, another episode. Um, you can also purchase Warfare 1944. That's a project that we were developing in partnership uh, with Microprose, and we're actually also planning on doing a, a real major update for that. Um, 
and and kind of like because another thing oh, without even I'm about to tangent but another cool thing about Operation Harsh Doorstop is eventually we want to create a system where we can license the the code base to other studios so they can also improve their own products that's awesome um yeah and that that was kind of like an experiment that we did with warfare 1944 yeah. uh with Mike. i love warfare 1944 super fun. yeah i i do too I, I i feel like you know it is it is kind of a shame because i feel like the way that was released and the way we did it with Microprose, like it was still we didn't really know how that was gonna work um and now i know that there's some people that are like oh are you guys gonna continue updating warfare like we absolutely are and that's i i, I really want to have a big focus on on turning that into a really great product in partnership with micro microprose um but going forward one of the things that we're actually hoping that we could do at some point my my big objective that would be really cool is if somehow we could sit down and, and get a deal with epic where we could actually put like our entire code base on the market on the marketplace for unreal engine 4 where it's like either free or something like that. So that way we can say, hey, not only have we done Operation Harsh Doorstop, but we've reached a deal with Epic where it's now kind of like a part of Unreal Engine uh, or at least like an optional download for Unreal Engine where you can actually now make anything using this uh, in Unreal Engine without having to pay us a dime. That's badass. That would be awesome. Uh, but again, those are long-term things that we'll have to see if we can actually yeah pull off. but you're speaking my love language super accessible right. super modular yeah. free yeah. And, yeah and really you know providing the tools to to build amazing experiences and that's what it's all about so if you guys do want to support operation harsh doorstop and uh and blue drake and drakeling labs the link to the patreon to that page will be down in the show notes below um dude it has been two hours i appreciate i know you dude i i just being looked at so generous like, with oh your time on a uh no, on a, on a friday man. evening this has been fantastic we have a ton to cover i do want to uh definitely have you back to talk uh to talk itsec sure. and to talk gosh we need to talk jahari a little bit more but uh i, yeah, I sure. did want to just pick your brain on all things ohd today so we're man, glad we got those it's, details it's, you're cool. super fun to talk to so it's never a problem um and you know me i mean you ask gooms, gooms knows i i hate talking right gooms I never, I'm very, I'm a very quiet, yeah, non-talkative person, right? True and factual. Yeah, true and factual. That's right. So, <laughs> All right, brother. Talk. Well, hey, Gooms, thanks for jumping <laughs> in and uh, yeah. and uh, helping us out, man. And uh, Connor, always a pleasure, dude. Uh, we'll have to Absolutely. catch some games here in the near future, but thanks so much for your yep. time. I'll talk to you later, bud. Thank you. See ya. Later. Word. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. And Fodder, what's up, dude? Thanks for joining us. Echo, Minnow, Grover, G-Man, Terminator, Bob. Yeah, that was cool.